0: Welcome back to the Pride the Pastoring Podcast. My name is Frank, and I'm glad you're here. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about um, a unique circumstance, whether or not a family could, like, go to another church or another ministry while the church is in this, like, transition process. And sorry, my family, I mean, like, you as a pastor, your family going to another church. And then we're also going to talk about kind of the merits of um, – being a simulcast campus and having a pre, um, the, the lead pastor kind of projected into your to your campus. So before we do that, my name is Frank. I'm here up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Dell is still doing pastoral stuff this week. But over in Baltimore, Maryland, we got Jeffrey Simpson. Hey, hey. Down in uh, uh, almost at Sumter, South Carolina, <laughs> down in Safety Harbor, Florida, in the morning after ministry studios, we have Andrew Larson greetings salutations one and all and in his living room uh, office I actually don't know what part of the house you're in but in his house we have timothy miller to quote my good friend jeff simpson hey hey, i love yep. how you
1: haven't noticed that i'm also in my house
0: <laughs> i noticed also your your office jeff is is like ambiguously could be your office or could be your basement yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I don't really i, I well, don't really it, know It is in the basement so. of your house or of the of church, the church. Yeah. Of the church. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got a I got a um, sleeping
1: baby I'm watching, so that's why I'm here.
0: I respect it. I respect it. I respect it. Um hey, so uh the the, the questions I'm he gonna ask today it, are from the same person. I pros. took it upon myself. They didn't ask for this, but I took it upon myself to Almost. I'm gonna wait. I took it upon myself to make Alright, I'm back. Okay, I took it upon myself to make the question anonymous because of the nature of the question. So, but both these questions are from the same person. Um, But here's the first question. Do any of you spend some time at a church that might've been better for your ministry long-term, but not necessarily the best fit for your family in the current season? Not thinking of it as a stepping stone mentally, but more grow where you are planted. Even though it may not be the best family fit right now, for us, right now, the fit is the commute because we live in California. And yeah, it's expensive to move closer to the church. But the issue could be many things like not having a lot of ministry options for spouse, children, etc. So if I can kind of take what he's saying, there may be a church that like gave you a specific ministry opportunity in your community, but like it's not like the greatest church to be at. And so, what do i do I'm gonna in that assume situation? Frank is
2: done talking, and uh i'll I'll chime in. There was a season when um we first were back here in the Tampa Bay area, and I was at a church that just was not meeting the family's needs, especially for my wife. and so the there was another church in the area that had a Saturday night service, and my wife and I would go. And just dive in with both feet to the Saturday night service at the other church. We weren't inviting people from the church I was on staff at. We weren't advertising that we were going, but it was a little bit geographically closer to where we lived because I was commuting about 45 minutes or so at that time. And it was just an easy kind of exhale for us. It was a more familiar style of church than uh, to what we were used to when we were in Texas than what we were at at the time. And it kind of met a need for a season. And then after a season, it, it wasn't necessary anymore. My wife had made some friends in the, the women's ministry at the church. And as our schedules got a bit busier, then it didn't make as much sense anymore. But for that season, it was great. And then you know, once we were here, even you know, a healthy church, we, we like where we're at. But there weren't enough kids to really have the kind of kids ministry that we wanted for our children. So we sent our kids to that same big church down the road for Awana on Wednesday nights because we didn't have any non-Sunday morning offering for our kids. And again, that was great for, uh, for a season for a couple of years, and now we have a Wednesday night program for kids, and so we don't need to send our kids there. But more than once, we have utilized the resources and the offerings of churches that I was not on staff at while I was on staff at a different church. And the other church knew full well that we were doing that, and they embraced us. I think a lot of churches, especially churches that have a lot of resources, know that there are other churches that don't have the same resources. And I think they kind of take it as a badge of honor that other ministry staffs would see their church as a place of refuge for them. So, yeah, I'd say lean into Whatever is best for you and your family, by all means.
3: Yeah, I I didn't have the same experience Andrew had, but at Lakeview Church, we've actually had, over the last four years, uh, several pastors, elders, and staff members from other churches, some who were still on staff, some even current elders of other churches, just come for a season to Lakeview. And they actually met with me and said, "Hey, we're not going to be jumping in and serving." And I said, "Good, don't like come heal, sit in the back, and just just be for a season if that's all you need for healing." And some have been in between churches, uh, in between ministry positions, so I, I totally get that. So as a, as a church who has has been a hospital for hurting ministry workers, uh, I, I encourage it, especially if you if you communicate that with with the pastor or the elders. I mean, they're, we want to pray with you and for you and come alongside you in any way that we can. So I I totally get that season. We,
1: we have had people right there in our, in our church before there. So, yeah. Yeah. I would agree with all of that. Um, when we first came here, uh, there was no children's ministry to speak of. And, um, we didn't have the opportunity to go somewhere else, but, um, I think we would have taken it. We, I think there was a few times when we talked about it, but there just wasn't any clear like nearby church with that kind of ministry, but I don't, I mean, I think it'd be tough to make some kind of argument that it's inherently wrong or bad. I think it could. I think it could be a bad situation, uh, depending on your heart in it. Um, I I think what I would caution against is allowing yourself to to get into a situation where you sort of resent your church um, or you resent the fact that, you know, these people don't get it. And so I'm going to go somewhere that does. I just think that could end up bad for your heart but i can't say that it's inherently wrong i think it could be really good too um so i just think you have to be wise and discern that situation but it's a tough it's a tough road when the church that you maybe are called to do ministry in is not set and that may be why you're called there i mean you know my church hired somebody who was younger with young kids because that's what they wanted to change and the fact is seven years later Um, we have a lot of young families with a lot of little kids now. Um, and you know, so God did that through, um, you know, I think partly our willingness to go somewhere where like my kids didn't have friends at church for, uh, for a while. So, um, I think it's just a hard road that sometimes you're going to have to walk down.
0: This is incredibly a a tough question to to kind of answer because there's a lot of nuance in here. So I'm not going to add much more than, than just say this, like your family is more important than your job. Does that make sense? And, and if there is like some decisions you got to make that might be unusual or unorthodox, um, that has to be okay. Does that make sense? Um, I'll, I'll say, I'm not like a, this is not like something to like, I'm not like ashamed of this or, or anything like that. And my, and my wife and I often talk about this like living and actually I realize I'm not the only person in the Midwest that does this. Um, I know a couple people including myself that does this like in the midwest um people get like seasonal affective disorder because of how gray it is and so sometimes like um like my wife will go down to Florida where her family lives for like an, a week or two just to soak up some some sun and be able to like overcome the like the the stress of like this grayness that's up here and that's a unique thing that like we do that is that it's actually not unique to us. I I know a couple pastors who in this area do that for their spouses and things like that. So there's you gotta do what you gotta do. And if some people are, are weird about it or think that like you're unusual as a pastor for doing that, like it's okay. It's 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 a part of, of caring for your family. Um hey, before I uh 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 move on, Andrew, can you uh share with everybody what's going on again with our buddy on the podcast network.
2: Hey, in just a couple of days, I think this episode is coming out on February 12th, so three days from now, on the 15th, Matt Coyne is dropping the very first episodes of the Church Revitalization podcast. It is one of the first of the network shows here on the Practically Pastoring Network, and it is delving into all things church revitalization. It is an important topic and one that we care a whole lot about here so we hope that you will tune in and engage with the content. And we know that it is going to be beneficial for everybody. So go check it out.
0: That was great. All right. So this next question, um, that is asked is kind of nuanced, but I feel like everyone can answer this question with us. He says, um, what are your thoughts on being a campus pastor at a church that projects the senior pastor's sermons regularly on Sunday morning? Um, Always had a problem with the idea of brand uh, of branching, but then not letting the congregation um, grow on its own. I am not in the situation, but definitely curious to hear some thoughts on it. All right, I'll go first since I'm exactly in the situation, but I want to hear like everyone's experience. Um, multi-site is a model, but not the only model, and this is very contextual to your situation. I would highly encourage anyone to listen to the podcast that I started and already finished on this podcast network called What is a Campus Pastor? Because this conversation is brought up a lot. And I interviewed so many campus pastors from every position, like campus pastors who do not preach at all ever at their congregation at their campus and campus pastors who preach every Sunday at their congregation and in between. I would say that uh, the one of the most interesting ones uh, actually was a pastor in Tampa, uh, Grace Family Church. I was asking their campus pastor who was a campus pastor in Ybor City, which would be more urban if you know the Tampa Bay area, because there is this presumption that like in urban and specifically congregations that are predominantly African-American or just minorities in general, they would not respond well to a simulcast where the pastor is streamed into. And he said something to me in the interview that I, I it's resonated really well with me. He said, at the end of the day, if the campus pastor can cast the vision to the congregation and, like, actually believe in it, then your congregation will be into it. And and that has been true. And um, there's another interview I have with a pastor who has, like, 14 locations across the state of Kansas in, like, really small rural communities, which also seems like a community that wouldn't respond well to this. And they're all bought in. Like, they all get it. Uh, I, I think that there are more th- – and, th- and this is a thing that a campus pastor can fall into negatively, is they believe that the only way you can pastor your congregation is through preaching. And though preaching is a form of pastoring your congregation, even people who are like single site lead pastors and they're the only person on staff understand that pastoring is much more than the 30 minutes to an hour that you're on stage talking. That pastoring is way bigger than that. And so if, if, as a campus pastor, if you're getting stuck on the idea that, like, I have to preach to care for my congregation or if someone else is preaching, my congregation is going to be shepherd, that is a very um, low view of what pastoring means and is in your congregation. I will say that if you have very limited ability to communicate to your people, and by that I mean, like, be able to own the announcement time or the benediction or to do Bible studies or classes, then it does become difficult, but I would say the pastoral care, that the the, uh, the hospital visits, all that kind of stuff, is way more impactful than any any moment that you have um, uh, doing uh, uh, preaching. Uh, uh, so, so all that to say is, it's not a bad thing, but it's a thing in terms of uh, uh, dealing with multi-site and being a campus pastor. Any thoughts from you guys?
3: I I have thoughts. I, I've never been in the setting though, so I don't. I don't know that it's fair. I've, I've just, I've never worked in that environment where there's been a, a simulcast preacher. Um, obviously, Frank, I've talked to you a lot about it over the years because you, you've been through this for a while. Uh, had a few people come and go at Lakeview. Some have said, ah, oh, the church down the road, they, they pipe in the pastor. So we want to hear, a, a you know, someone speak from the stage. I'm like, oh, okay, I, I get that. Um, I think it is contextual. I would argue that I don't know that it's the future like i i don't I don't know that the future is going to continue in the simulcast route. I think it was i don't know want to say a fad but it was a phase in the church's life I, I don't know that it's going to be here for the long term it's it's here still for now it's not that I'm for or against it um if Lakeview Church ever decides to plant um, another campus or another church, I will say that we as as elders at Lakeview have had this discussion at length and are going to continue having this discussion, this discussion this year. And we're all on the same page that it will not be a, a simulcast situation. It'll be a, we want to, we want to raise up and train up and send out a pastor to pastor a local church in the area. So that that's kind of where we're at. Not, not saying I'm against the satellite model. It's just probably not the one that I would, you know, partake in.
2: I think just like I... anything else in the church, your preference, is your preference it doesn't necessarily make anything right or wrong so you could prefer one style of music or one style of the way that people dress at church and if you think a you know the 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 wording of the question is you know why wouldn't they let the congregation branch out on its own and grow well was Paul not letting the church at Philippi grow well Philippians is a bad example cuz that letter was a thank you note but was Paul not letting the church at Ephesus grow when they spent probably a couple Sundays going through his letter um, instead of having a local pastor preach? Was Paul not letting the, you know, churches in Asia Minor grow when letters were getting passed around from church to church to church? So that's a very ancient equivalent to multi-site. Or um was it wrong for people that didn't necessarily go to our church to tune into our live stream during COVID? because it was easier to access than the church that they were most comfortable with because maybe that church didn't have the equipment to do it. So I think it it all comes down to preference, and you don't have to always understand everybody else's preference. But just because you don't get their preference doesn't invalidate their preference. And I'm saying that as a pastor of a church that was about 100 people yesterday. So it's not like I am, you know, broadcast on 17 different screens therefore i'm an authority on this but you don't have to like what somebody else likes that's okay but they're allowed to like it and they're allowed to grow from it and just because it is not a situation you would put yourself in it doesn't invalidate their choice their preference or the work that the holy spirit is doing through that type of setting
0: you know um i just was gonna say like i'm i am i i I, the data is really weird right now because the data is trending towards multi-site being like a more sustainable model of church. I do wonder if the data is going to change now that we're on this side of COVID and and seeing the effects of like church at home, which, you know, you know I know you guys, have, everyone here has made the jokes about streaming being just like the same as like watching it on TV or whatever. And like, I do wonder if like, embodied worship is going to be which you are doing embodied worship at a multi-site but like i do wonder if the data is going to change drastically and like maybe smaller congregations less like multi-site and more just like smaller am i sm- small is relative maybe just single site is maybe the better way to put it um churches is going to trend upwards on this side of covid but we're just, we're still really early in those data but I, I I can't stress this enough. It's like there there's pros and cons to this conversation and there's pros and cons to the demographic you're in, right? Like uh, major cities, like a lot of churches that are independent fail in certain demographics of certain cities because they can't sustainably support themselves. But in a multi-site setting, when other churches can help support that other campus, those churches can flourish. Right. And, um, but with that comes a decision in how you're going to do the preaching and all those others and and staffing all that stuff. all that to say is this this the problem of the idea of letting someone preach through a simulcast is a, is a problem that has already been solved by hundreds if not thousands of churches in America and so the question is't so much of like is the problem like a biblical problem because i don't know if it's a biblical issue it's just a it's a it's a wisdom and practical issue does it make sense in your community to have a not embodied communicator preach to your people week to week and i think that's a nuanced conversation that only you as a church can have um and i like i, I actually really appreciate what tim said because here's the problem a lot of churches that are in growing seasons and see that there's a need to expand, fall into multi-site. And churches that fall into multi-site end up having a rockier time doing multi-site than churches who like said, we're going to be a multi-site. Churches that fall into multi-site end up calling the unstuck group and say, help us, where churches that are intentionally multi-site end up figuring this out in a lot smoother way. There's a lot of churches in America that are like two to three locations that are just so wobbly and like not not really consistent. And they don't really have an identity because they just kind of fell into it because they saw multi-site as a really fast way to double their numbers. But they don't have the infrastructure to really do it. I think there is a beauty in the simplicity of saying, hey, if we're going to grow, we're going to empower planting churches that are going to be independent and do their own thing. And I think there's something really beautiful in that. But there's also a sense of, like, you as a church have to be okay, that you are not – you're sending people out, which means you're also sending funds out of your congregation, right? And that is scary for a lot of churches um, where playing another campus keeps the funds and the people in your church. So, anyways, these are all really interesting conversations that uh, I just I, – whoever this is uh, – I remember, I made this anonymous purpose – Send me a message. We'd love to talk to you more about it. Any final thoughts? Yeah, I think anybody? I think there's
3: another I think there's another side to this that we didn't really talk about, and it's it's this whole uh, celebrity pastor culture that we we created over the last 20, 25, 30 years. I don't know that the satellite campuses are what you know fueled that. It didn't help, I would argue. And we've kind of put these guys on on pedestals and, and gals, and, and I don't know that We've done them a service by elevating into this position of, well, you're, you're the best speaker. So you're the one that needs to preach anywhere and everywhere at all times. I don't know if that's a healthy model for
0: the pastor, to be honest with you. And if there's anything that should die in this new season of the church, it's more that like, if you could do multi-site without the cult of celebrity pastor, then like, There could be a healthier model. Does that make sense? This is why, like, I'm not trying to say Epicus solved it. We have not solved the multi-site, but um, having um, plurality of preachers, a communication team, does help in in lowering the. This is the only. This like I have to follow this person. Celebrity. It does. I mean, even in single-site, I mean, I think of like Nine Marks or John MacArthur. You still have a celebrity pastor in many ways. You just don't have to deal with the complexity of multi-site. But I do think entering into a world where you are removing the celebrity of it is crucial. And, like, you have examples like Tim Keller who figured it out at his church where he is a celebrity no matter what he does. But by keeping it kind of secret of what campus he's going to be at and having his other elders and pastors preach, like, helped with that within his local church. So that's really good. Hey, um, thank you so much. This uh, this uh, This has been a really good conversation. Hopefully, whoever wrote these questions, please don't like feel like you can't reach out to us, reach out to us individually with any of your questions, make sure you're in the Facebook group. And if these questions resonate with you, that's why we have the Facebook group, find us Practically pastor on Facebook. Um, we hope to see you next week. All right. My name is Frank Gill. I'm Jeff Simpson.
2: I'm Andrew Larson.
0: And I'm Timothy Miller. This is practically pastoring. See you next week. Bye.